One of these days I'm going to fall on these stairs in the dark. Where's the lighter and the cigarettes? Now find a place to park. Why in the world do you have to smoke at midnight? This last cigarette wouldn't be complete without your question. Excuse me while I give myself a light. Coffin nails and lighter fluid. Why does a man come groping downstairs at night to seek out his dying? Could it be he knows things aren't right and smoking a cigarette is also a little like crying? If the birds forget how to sing, who cares? If church bells forget how to ring, who cares? If puppies forget how to bark, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? In this long, long dark. If the trees forget how to grow, who cares? If winter forgets how to snow, who cares? If lovers forget how to park, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? In this long, long dark. It's been a long time coming. And it'll be a long time here. Gone is the need for women. And there's nothing left to fear. And the long, long dark is here. God never made light, who cares? If Adam never gave his rib, who cares? If Noah never built the ark, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? In the long, long the creator, the creator, the <laughs> producer of the infamous Horpod intro song that is very loved. I've, I've had a lot of feedback. Some people are like, it feels like a spiritual activation. Other people want to know if I was actually masturbating. Um, <laughs> and really, you, you had made that beat before, huh? Tell us about the song and who yeah. you are. Uh, well, yeah, my name's Mark Pontius. I didn't really change my name. I changed my Instagram name, but we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I made that song. I'm pretty sure that song is actually, as we've been talking about it, the samples from my dad that I have. Um, I've just, I, I got a bunch of, I got boxes of those tapes. And so I spent, you know, a month kind of transcribing it all into my computer 
getting the audio in there and then slowly would break them up into sample packs that I could just, you know, pull up whenever I was inspired and kind of find something. So I had a ton of them that I've almost kind of juiced out. I've gotten everything I could from them, but there are remnants that I kind of like can flip around. And so that was one of the last ones that I was pulling from this sample that I had made five or six songs from, but I kind of reorganized it to, to flip it up enough. And then, yeah, created that. So it started from my, one of my dad's samples, just like twisted That's around. So dope. I didn't even yeah. know that. That feels so sacred. I'm like, sorry, yeah. I'm moaning over it. And it was originally called uh, Disneyland, which the I do like I name a lot of mine just instinctually. A lot of the the projects in my computer, just because when I'm actually saving it, I'm usually like in flow and don't want to think about what am I going to call this if it's not so whatever's on my mind I just put it in there as a marker and they have become little like sinks in some ways that uh that kind of are painting some of their message and Disneyland was like where my parents met so I think that sample yeah. too had some twinkle to it that just had like a theme park element you know yeah but I um love it yeah and then I just had that like I have a lot of things in my computer as you saw when you were hanging here for a while there's just a lot of ideas so um yeah I think we just picked that up and then we definitely like added a lot of life to I added some more stuff as you picked it out to use it but and then that's where all that like I think the moaning and stuff came in yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like we did it so, I mean you clearly had made a masterpiece before we were like moaning over it but the moaning thing I feel like we did that in like five minutes and then you played with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is something like you can like, that's why I love music is it can, uh, even if you're not directing it, like I'm not making that music thinking like this is going to be activate some sensual thing in somebody that'll make them moan. <laughs> and like that, those emotions will harmonize in some cool way. You're just making the music like you make when you, when it comes out. But then if it's genuine, like, kind of any emotion can attach to it and so it, it was funny like as we played that song over and over again kind of perfecting it and uh you two were in the room it kind of and then that idea came you could just like the music was dictating it so it's funny when you're in the other room i remember like listening and you guys are doing a couple takes and then just like in normal performance when someone's in there like kind of getting practicing a performance and getting in all of a sudden something magic starts to happen and you're like oh yeah 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 and you're like we're recording we're recording just keep going stay in that this is beautiful keep you're nailing it you're nailing it the same thing happened with you guys like mimicking a sensual experience in there and i was just like tuned into it like music i was like oh this is harmonizing with the music yes it's it's building up it's building oh my you know it's that thing was like so fun to see in a weird form of like mimicking sex you know it's like it's it was musical it was awesome <laughs> yeah and I, it feels like such a beautiful gift to like be a part of it or even like listen to it now it feels like that feels like a time capsule too and what I liked about when we were doing it is we weren't I don't think we were like feeling sexual but I think like all the messages I keep getting about like sex energy is it's just creation energy. Like sometimes yeah. it manifests as like physical sex with yourself or a partner. But really, I think all life forms, all creativity come from this like sacral solar plexus, sexual totally. creation. Yeah. And and we were like literally dancing. So we were like yeah. moaning and it just felt like we got into a dance. 
That's what it, it didn't. It, yeah, it didn't feel like there was actual like sensual energy in the the in between you guys and in the room. But it felt like what was you could just tune into it because the music. That's what I'm saying. If it's like music's made in some honest place, it's kind of a vessel for whatever your emotions like bring to it and can pull out of it. So it is in some ways you can kind of just jump on that train and then and pulling the sensual stuff out is very easy because it's like playful, you know, it's not actually, yeah, it was funny to look in there and see you guys dancing. And then that <laughs> coming out of the speakers is like a weird dichotomy. At one point, part, I was like, tell me, tell me, mm -hmm. grabbed his shirt and he leaned in and was like, dirty little horror pod. <laughs> and that's like my favorite part of this. Song. I love it so yeah. much. It's that's so great. Good makes my heart happy. So I feel like one of your superpowers is being able to enter other dimensions by tapping in to frequencies. And I feel like you can just listen to a conversation and tap into that frequency. And if you have the conversation recorded, you can make a beautiful, like activating song from that. And I've never oh, like, really really seen someone take samples the way you do and like formulate them into like your own art. I mean, Kanye That's West cool. is amazing at creating samples, but you're right up there. I heard you take a, like a weird voicemail you got. Some might say like creepy voicemail <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and turn it into like a beautiful piece of music. It's yeah. I feel like you're like transmuting all of this energy from tapping into other frequencies. And I, I just think it's fucking dope. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the accolades. I think sometimes it's like, I, I don't, I really, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And like, I, I've always, I hold all the people that the shit you can do with samples and like how, how many songs I find out that I love that are just made from samples from an old song or, or whatever that's being done these days with technology. It's like, I can't, I always feel like I can't touch that. But what I've noticed, like when I start playing with samples, keeping all of that out of my ego, like when I'm approaching it, that I'm like, here's people that are crushing this. And here I am like trying to figure out how to compete or something, but keeping that out and just like exploring it. I realized that I, what's great about all of us individually is like we each have a different filter of something to kind of filter the source energy through in your art. You know, um, you have to, it's like a co-creative process that you have to get in that flow with it. But then the, um, 
thing that I feel like I started to hear was something that like I would try to convey to other people or point out in the, the music and like people wouldn't understand or I couldn't I couldn't really like pull it out of the music enough for people to hear it. And uh, I really started to connect the dots when I could just in like honestly in the shower or in something where there's like a white noise kind of that becomes hip hypnotic and you're, you kind of tune it out. Um, there's like a weird in between phase. I found that like all of a sudden there was music in this rainwater yes. falling, you know, and it feels almost like a trance place or like a meditative headspace or like a something similar to a, a mind altering substance. It's like a weird in between space that's hard to pin down and actually like turn off or on. It's like I just accidentally like got into that vibration and it was in, I was just like, what? It sounded like somebody turned the volume up on on music in my ear and it, and the white noise just turned into some orchestra. Yeah, and so I like I noticed that and I've heard people talking about that before and there's always like listen to the rain isn't the music beautiful? But like this was like legitimately like an opera singer in this whole thing. And uh I think I just then started in music. I started listening a little bit more to the like I guess what kind of is like the space between everything or the like the the harmonization and like other frequencies that are like come out of or it's the frequency that comes out of two other things harmonizing. There's always this like third alter thing. And so when a lot of these frequencies with samples, when you start taking a, a song that, you know, originally had all the frequencies and it was balanced or whatever, it's a full, it's the bass, the drums and all that. But it was a finished thing. And then I take that and kind of like what always feels like I kind of like spread it apart by just putting effects on it or manipulating it. Then accidentally it's like you're, you turn it into white noise and then a new weird frequency of a song comes out almost. Sometimes it's just a melody or like an idea or the essence of a song. And then usually it's like you have two options. You can try to like make that song come to life and just use that and like keep, pulling frequencies or you can just like replicate that song now you have a bass point and you can create something drop the sample um but oftentimes i like sitting right in between because then it, it's like a, it sounds like a mess of frequencies sometimes or it's like slightly out of tune but if you drop that and just let it like hit you you mm. all you can like the listener can actually hear multiple songs in it depending on how you like approach it with your frequency so that like i've started to kind of get hands off and when i find that most that place of like where there's this weird in between t like tuning and frequency stuff that's kind of confusing um if you kind of sit it right in the mix it's just an open canvas to listen to but if i get my like intellectual mind on it and I'm like okay i'm gonna make this a perfect pop song and do all of that i do start to distort that that magic so there is like a balance sometimes it's good to go that that whole direction be like this is a song that needs to be defined and heard and I want to help mold that. Or it's like he, the magic's done, let, this thing has been created. And some people can't hear it, you know, you can't, if you're yeah. really t tied down into your trained ear of tuning and the second you hear something out of tune, you go, oh, that's wrong, that's, that is not a good thing to hear. You don't even get to the point where you might be hearing some like accidental frequency that's happening over in the corner somewhere that is so powerful and it like it's really emotionally activating so that's, that's like the, the dance 
Yeah, that feels like such a metaphor for life. Like we judge things as bad before we even get over like the hill to see what's beautiful. We're already like, oh nope, this is bad. I'm gonna turn around. I'm not gonna. It's that it. it's that archaic thing that's scary to think about. But like the the act of identifying and labeling something is like putting a wall up in your mind of of being open to the potential change and the potent, the infinite potential of things. Like when you call it a tree in your mind, you kind of just limit the potential. Oh, a tree can't talk. A tree can't do anything that right. a human, you know, it's still object. And then you're not, your sensory is not open enough to actually, what did the, I think I heard, I felt that tree just communicate something, you know, you, you don't believe that it can. So like, but it's so just back to when you're a kid, it's like the, yeah. that, that, pressure point of when you're trying to teach a kid like they point at a bird and you're like that's a bird baby a bird but like to that kid that bird is like the most phenomenal thing flying in front of it you know the second you label it it's a dead end you know that from that point on like you start to limit reality it's such a weird paradox oh, i love how you said that is like limiting limiting reality yesterday i was just getting these visions that there's portals everywhere all the time and that there always has been, but that we like label things. And so we like stay away from the portal. And I think it's like self-protecting, but we don't even know what, where our imagination could go, what sort of video game we could enter if we didn't say, oh, the tree is just a tree. And instead look at it as like, the tree is my friend. What do the trees have to tell me? And just how different like walking through the forest could be. Yeah. And that's what I feel like I've felt on um, psychedelics is if you, that, that I think what it really does is it drops all of your labeling and all your boundaries. So, you know, if you are on a, uh, on an altered state and you're in nature, it's like, it's, impossible not to look at a leaf or something and just be like that is profound but it's because the label of like leaf is not the most dominant thing in your head you're actually like wide open your boundaries are open and you are generally almost for the first time like absorbing that leaf for what it truly is but yeah. all the labeling in front of it is what's just blocking you from seeing it you know it's like right. That's always, it's so profound to me. I always was like, I, this is the same place in this nature that I've been before, but right now it is profound. And like right. an hour ago, it wasn't like, what is the difference? And it feels yeah. like just a lot of it is just being really open to what we know everything to be, you know, just, just be open that it could be something completely different, you know? Totally. I feel like you're an energy reader of frequencies. Like you can just kind of tune into the, all of them. I think being a really good energy reader is being in the meditative state of being an observer and not just reading what is presented to you at first, but being able to read the layers, the layers of the person, the layers of the frequency. And you kind of described what you were saying about like hearing the music in between like the in-between spaces you described that to me this summer or I heard you talking about it and I'm like not musically inclined I've never taken a music class I was in choir it wasn't pretty but I loved it like I love music I just don't have that skill but when you said that it feels like it lit up something in my brain it like activated something musically for me and I have a sound machine that I sleep with at night that's just white noise 
And sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear like whole songs. Like the other night, it felt like a piano was playing. Uh And I was like, I told my partner, I was like, this is what Mark was talking about. Like I hear it now. And now when I like listen, sometimes I feel like you can even hear people like talking in the white noise or like this like oh yeah i think it's a it's a whole like space for transference of any kind of message or whatever you're needing i feel like yeah you can hear it you can hear voices or whatever i have a whole theory like i'm just trying to get my head around this i sent that video to jordan but the the stuff about 369 and this whole divine count this like polarity it's it's so has to do with everything but like it's applying so much to me and frequencies and music and the weird connection to me that like I find myself I've loved music my whole life I like wanted to do film for a while but really that was like a bottled up desire for music I love music videos and like combining music the emotion of music with visuals is really great but my real love is the music and then it's like the more I learn about spirituality and seeking and stuff and you find I'm like find myself I feel very lucky to be have like followed the passion of music because the more I learn it's like music is about frequencies and patterns and rhythm and everything and it's all it's the same stuff that like the world is made of and consciousness is made of and everything that I've learned it's like I'm starting to become like looking at my craft of music as like such a wide field and it has it's not just limited to making like pop songs and making money you know there's like all this stuff of like healing frequencies and combining things that like change your consciousness and then moving things with sound and then and just really understanding the fundamental basics of waves waves and frequencies it's like it is everything and i i i kind of want to be as it sounds cheesy but like everybody that ever says they're not musical i like want to argue and be like you are because there are like heartbeat is a rhythm it's a consistent rhythm that you are very familiar with and when it changes like you know it changes and and there's so many things that there's so many metaphors every day it's like you walk in rhythm we all have a certain rhythm that you walk rhythm is like everything in music if you didn't have rhythm it wouldn't all work so it's an integral part of that and then frequencies and all of that within our voices i think there are things that we know and tune into more and resonate with we just haven't like looked at it f- that it's music because it really is all all kind of music you know it's light like light is in frequencies it's in music it's if light is the source it really it does exist in things that we perceive without our eyes it's it's in our ears and everything I felt like it was annoying of me just now to be like, yeah, I'm not musical. It's like I just went against what we were just explaining about the tree. You know, I'm saying that's a Yeah, tree. no, totally. And then I'm saying I'm not musical. But I feel like you helped me with that because it lit up that part of my brain where I'm like, oh, I can hear the music in between. And if I'm honest, whenever I do even like a channeling with my guides or I feel like I'm getting messages, it comes in rhythm. Like I can yeah. feel the beat of it. Before I write a poem, and I usually just write poems as therapy, like just as getting shit out of my body. And the feeling of the rhythm always comes before the words. Even in my poems that don't usually have like a beat or anything, I like all, and that's how I memorize it so fast is that I memorize 
the rhythm of it. And then the words just kind of come. And sometimes so the rhythm like, kind of dictates the words, right? Because that oh, rhythm gets you into a pattern that like this feels right. And then all yeah. of a sudden the right words come down into the pattern you've chosen. The other thing I was just going to say that like there's so many metaphors for that space in between that I'm talking about. Like as a drummer, it really is there's some famous person that I forget who it is, but it says like, it's all about the space in between kind of uh, it's not about the notes you play. It's about the space in between. And as a drummer, it really is. It's like, however, how much space you put in between the notes you're picking because there's no note. I mean, there's no tonal notes. It's just rhythm notes. It dictates the feel. It dictates your tempo. It dictates everything. So you really are like, as a drummer, I feel like you're mostly like, working with the space in between all the notes you know it's very easy to hit the note deciding when to hit it you have to have spatial recognition and you have to have rhythm to like understand the space between when you're walking if you're walking too fast or or you're doing something too like if you stop and slow down you're thinking more about the space in between which slows down your thoughts sometimes that's where the answer you're looking for is like slowing down you know in between the the walking so that's what slowing down it would it would shortening the distance slows your thought down or whatever gets you the answer so there's always like um there's some other metaphor you were saying before that was another example of that like there's just so many musical that for my life like i can look at my everyday life of reality that's not pertaining to music and apply like musical theory to it. And it is profound how like it aligns with consciousness and everything, you know, it's, yeah. it's tickling. Like I said, cause it's like, I love music so much little to find out like the world I'm living in is made of music. It's totally it's insane. And I think there's like so much more in dance that we don't fully realize yet, but I think we invoke superpowers and personal power through movement through dance through vibration and i feel like for the like the one person or like the matrix or white supremacy or whatever to exist it it really started with a patriarchal religion and what does religion do a lot of religions like make you dance for their god and it's like it's like making you use that vibration in sync. And then it's like we're giving that power away to this like God outside of ourselves. Even like when we go to concerts, we're like dancing for that person on stage. And then they like blow up or get bigger. And I feel like <laughs> yeah. they're like kind of taking this like collective power through the vibration of people dancing. And I'm like, what if we more of us consciously danced for ourselves? Or if our friend got sick or our friend was trying to manifest something, what if 10 of us got in a room and we all just like danced for it? Yeah, I love that. I think dancing is, it is a profound thing. It is, you're moving energy, you know, and if you're really dancing authentic or like purely, you're just, you let go, right? And your body does what it does. You don't care how it looks. And that's, it's always amazing when you see somebody, you know, somebody that uh just is dancing so purely and it looks goofy the goofy goes out the window because you're like they are just in it you know they're yeah. connected to some it's like energy the most fun to watch yeah and i feel it made me think of when i went to uh i was in it was in berlin i think uh and we went just one night we had a couple of days off we started going to all these underground dj clubs in the middle of the night and uh 
it's you know more of a scene that turns out it's actually just diehard music lovers and really yeah. good DJs. There's like yes, there's drugs and stuff going on, but I was just from a difference of in the Western world, we're like you go to a club at night at 2 a.m. and like everybody's plastered usually. Like that's right. the point. We're all trying to get wasted. And then we're loose enough to dance to the music and be ridiculous. But like these people were coming there not to get fucked up. They were like, this is the heart of the energy of the world. And the, the real like difference is you come in this packed room, you know, in the mostly like in the States and stuff, there is a DJ on the stage and like everybody uh, is kind of more centered around like the social environment of it. And it's kind of everybody's facing different ways. People are engaged in actually like going after a girl or like trying to get social dominance, be cool, whatever it is. So the music's like pretty background, but then at these clubs you go underground and everybody is faced towards the DJ, wherever the DJ is in the room, but they, it's like, they have these little bubbles around them. They're not all like right up sardined. Nobody's talking to each other. Everybody is like in their own trance of dance, but they're like wow. turned towards the DJ, kind of like uh, praising the DJ in a way, but it's it's their own energy. And it was like alive. The room was so electric, but it wasn't like this kind of muddled up thing where like people are kind of, there's the room's electric, the music's great, but then these assholes being loud or there's somebody that's way too drunk over there. It was just like harmonized because everybody was just connected to that energy. You know, it was so cool. Yeah, I have some friends from Ghana who were in Denver and they were having a funeral. Their funerals lasted three days and for three days they just fucking partied. And I have a white friend who was a mutual friend to our friend Ghanaian friends and she was like, this is fucked up. Like we should be grieving. We should be sad. And their idea is like, get into this trance, feel the beat and like experience the joy of having been on that same realm with that person. And something about like the vibration of the dance, like helps them transition. Wow. That's super cool. I totally believe in that stuff too. It's, it's amazing. I think the, the power of it, like if someone's dying whether you're in the face of them actually leaving or just around it, the, the the ability to kind of hold a space of love, of true like joy and love is such a challenge. But considering on the end of like the dying person, if I was going into some transitional state, the last thing I would want to have as some kind of anchor would be love instead of sadness Crying. and grief. You know, it would send me into a state of like confusion and, and uh, now understanding that from the spirit side of it, it's like how important that is. It's just, it's, it's crazy to see how our culture kind of, you know, from an understandable and compassionate side, but we have it backwards. It's like, we, we, we're grieving for ourselves when the person's leaving, right. like the right. person that's, that's leaving. The person dying. Yeah. Well, it is, but it's like, it's not about their energy or your, it's, it feels a little like self-involved which mm-hmm. i think that's okay but do we have to like put it on the person dying i think it's just once our understanding of death is a little more clear it'll be like everybody will then be you know it's an un- i think it is a true compassion thing that we like feel bad and sad for them like that's coming from some kind of real love but in the face of it there we'll finally understand oh this is the most important time to actually send them nothing but joy and love you know 
and that yeah. transition is much easier then. And then when they're gone and everything's done, you can deal with your own loss of that person and how to cope with that as your own thing. But what do you think death is? Um, I think it is just a process of renewal. Um, but it's not necessarily in one form. I think there's like death of physical things. Um, but just like a, a leaf dies off of a tree and falls to the ground, it regenerates the soil for the tree that it just came from, you know, and kind of comes back into the tree. And you could think of that a big way. We're all humans from the earth in some way. So that when we die, it goes back into the next thing. But, you know, then on a conscious level, I think, um, the way I've figured out, like, there's just so many different ways to die. You can die in your consciousness as far as like getting in touch with like what it means to let go if you actually died. And that there's, there's a, that's a renewal process in your consciousness too, of actually getting to a point where you like let go of desires and attachments and everything that then there's a transformation that kind of happens that like then is just regenerated and, death seems to be somewhat of just it's an illusion of the way we understand it it's an illusion but yeah. that's kind of the necessary thing for it to be regenerative too so it's like a a weird void or something that uh yeah. is actually good yeah i i keep getting messages about the void and i can resonate with the feeling of the void and the void to me also feels like the space in between that you were talking about yeah and the space in between feels like the all, the nothing. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel like ideas come from? That very place. Yeah. It's it's the it's the. Uh, I think really truly ideas just come from the one source, the end all light. This like it's just consciousness. So everything is consciousness, but the ideas are the things that kind of exist in. Um, particles in space it's almost like they're little light particles that hold information and so it is kind of like when you if you can imagine something like it's it's done it's it's somewhere in the world you just have to like organize that all down to if you want to see it in the material world you have to organize it down into that space and so you have to really focus on it you have to really resonate with it and get in that vibration to call those things in to give you the right ideas and then the right you know passion to to bring that into the material world and it takes effort and work but they're just there so you can like i think sometimes i fear as a creative i'm like i have a wild imagination and i can drum up some amazing song or some or something a vision for something and then if i if it's something that feels like it's just on the brink of culture or something it feels like it's right there uh and i put it down and I kind of don't work on it. It feels like some other artist in my vicinity of the world or whatever is going to grab it. And I feel like yeah. many times that, that I feel like that has happened and whether that's just my ego or not, maybe, but it feels like it's something that I'm like, it's just out there and you have to change your vibration to get in touch with it. And then there are like endless ideas and it's just about resonating with the ones that like you're supposed to have really so there's not uh i used to always you know be alarmed by the the just the limit of notes on a scale on a piano and that there's only so many songs that could be created with that mm -hmm. that surely we're gonna like hit a wall mm -hmm. and uh 
then you kind of just realize there are infinite combinations and then there's a possibility of hearing stuff we have not heard before and that's that space in between and i think it is just there's endless ways to combine things to it, it can always be different so yeah um, i feel I, like we limit ourselves so much that there's infinite combinations the way you're describing the piano for everything we do everything has infinite combinations even how we interact with people or a partner or sex it's just like it truly is infinite but it's all the question of how much are we going to limit ourselves in it exactly and that's like to to everything like the thought and everything like allow your thought to go to wherever you want it to go i mean it's 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 just experience we can experience whatever and that's you can experience dark shit it's 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 open to do that but it comes with a you know a difficult more difficult way to play the game it's more karma or whatever um, I think you were just describing such a beautiful way to manifest things. It's like you let your imagination think about it. And truly, when you think about it, you're creating it. It might be on a different realm. It might be a way. But like you you had that thought pattern that created this. And now we're, we're each other. Like we're all one. We're part of this collective. And now because you thought about it, it's like the question is who's going to grab it now? Right. Right, totally. Yeah. And is it still yours, even if someone else grabs it, you know? Or it's, is there yeah, no such thing as yours or mine? There's, or yeah, I don't think there's any such thing as yours or mine or anything. I think it, that's actually the trap that is set there to protect it, I think, is that the second you get in the way of it too much and, like, identify with it as, like, yourself, it turns off. And then you're just chasing a, a blind trail that you're never going to find the thing again. You're just going to create like a distorted version of it. But it's so fat. I mean, like, it, it's just if you you can be in touch with it. This is why I think some people, some bands are one hit wonders or you make one record that's amazing and you can never get it again. Is that when you get those accolades and everything for it. You know, you worked 10 years for that record or whatever it is, and you were in flow because you were you had to make it happen. You had no money, you had no fame, you needed it to work. You're in touch with this divine place because you're emotionally in the right spot. You're feeling the things and all of that. Your your mental intellectual, what's right or wrong, is gone because you're at the bottom. You need it. So you make this thing and then you get all the accolades and you go, I am amazing. Shit. I'm amazing. I got a gold record. Like I am truly amazing. Let's go make another one. And you go in and it's shit and you can never get to it again. Cause you already coming in the front door. It's just going to be an illusion. And you can sometimes make good things from that if you're really, really talented, but you have to just be really talented and you're actually not, I don't think you're actually in touch with something truly original and divine. So it just is this like, gated thing where you can't identify with it i think what we each are as be as basically just in this human form we have like the ability to have had certain experiences that give us a certain filter to express whatever this divine thing is that's going to come down and you have to resonate with it and, and then by resonating with it you become like a co-creator with it yeah. because you realize it's just an extension of you like way down the line and that then you can go, well, this is what I'm going to show you in this corner of the world or this from having this experience. This is the sound that I'm going to filter as you like channel the divine spirit through it. And so it is kind of uniquely your footprint, but 
it was never yours. It's, it, I mean, it's yours because you're a part of the source, but again, you can't override all of this. Like you have to just, it's fun to be just a filter and not be like, that is mine. I'm leaving that as a mark. You can leave a mark as like, that was my thing that I did in that incarnation. That's great. But there's like, you can never identify with it because it's, or over identify with it because it's, it, then it cuts off all of the inspiration. It cuts off the ideas, you know? Yeah. Cause it's really that you were just vibrating at the same frequency with it. Yeah. It's like you dance together and then. Yeah. And then it gives the thing to you so graciously. And then you, you then have the responsibility of doing your best job at like translating that thing down, whether it's writing it or whatever. And knowing that your very act of trying to translate it, you're going to distort it a little bit, but that's all right. And that's going to be your unique filter, but don't distort it so much that you're like, this is my shit and look at how good I am. And I'm putting all these tricks into it. it. You can do that, but it's just, you're like clouding that connection, you know? Totally. Do you think that there's um, gods on the, on this plane? Do you think some of us are gods and don't know it? Do you think everyone is a god? What do you think a god is? Oh man, what a good question. Because I've been like down these rabbit trails lately. Of, like I've always oscillate. I think in everybody's awakening, you kind of always or ascension, you you just oscillate between. You know, you drop your ego and everything, and you connect with spirit. You're trying to always like disidentify with something, and then also identify with a higher thing that's like pulling you up. You know, so it's like your higher self, but then at the end, it's all source. So yes, in some light, I think we're all 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 beings are are connected to God. So they're a part of God, like we are gods. But I think to become a, like what we're, what as like human beings, it feels like do have a special ability to like, we are built in the image of God. Like we have the ability to be God in the sense that we can be a physical materialization of energy with a full knowing that we are like, this one energy spirit. And so you can kind of then spirit controls matter. And so you are a God in the sense that like you control your reality. So like if people can ascend to that position and stay within an incarnation or something that that's like enlightenment, then that kind of, to me is what would exemplify like becoming a God. Yeah. And then, and then there's like that whole thing, which I think is, in some ways our like religion and ancient mythologies and stuff are just giving different examples of how to, as a human being, like find this, remember this thing. And then uh, that, that these are just like blueprints that are kind of just an internal individual blueprint that you can follow and it's in myth form. So you have to kind of decode it and figure it out, but they're all kind of talking about the same thing. And then you can kind of look into the archetypes of the way our culture has evolved. You know, it's all built on these different archetypes over time. But there are stories of, of these gods that we hold up um, in different pantheons of time. So those are god energies. And they're, they're you know, I, I guess beings that would have either had done this human path and obtained enlightenment, or maybe they were already divine god beings, what we would call god, or just enlightened beings of another uh sphere or something that they come here but that 
this is still like you can identify with those things and like we can say like we are gods awakening on this planet from time before you know so like these other gods are coming back and that that's it's a really helpful tool like when you're learning about the mythology and like using it as a blueprint but i do think that there's little um things to get trapped in as far as identifying with certain gods and like you know again once again like labeling things and filing things in as rigid truths to yourself can be a trap. And so this is also a trap for people that like, if you just say, Hey, you're God to the wrong person that's tied up in a religious <laughs> knot and they believe it, they're going to run down the street saying, it doesn't matter. I can die. And it's not, you know, so it's, it's a weird fucking uh, conversation around it, you know, of course, but. I really, so I kind of, I grew up being, I don't know if grew up is the right word, but as a teenager, I would go to covens of like witches that were a lot older than me. And kind of how what they taught me is that we are gods in the way that we are autonomous beings that control our reality through imagination, through being able to manifest. So we're gods in that way. But they didn't explain this, but this is just my new theory is that being a human being is the myth. Like whatever we've thought being a human is, I think is the mythology and that we're way more connected to the mythology. And I think we're like embodying different magical creatures or on different dimensions, we sort of represent different gods. And what I liked about the covens is that they believed we were autonomous beings, but that each being, each soul had its own set of guides, which were different gods, and that you can invoke them. And invoking them is truly like being them or letting them in your vessel. So if you believe in like this certain God, you can call upon it and it can like move through you. If you can like meditate yeah. to the position of being open enough to let that vessel in. But like witches are very also like aware of like the darkness and like being conscious of what you're letting in. And not that like a sort of mythical God is bad, but like being conscious of what you're invoking in your vessel. Yeah. But I don't really know. So I still use the energy of, of invoking different gods or goddesses. And I truly believe in God. And when I say I believe in God, it's like I believe in you. I believe right. you're a reflection of God, that God is a part of you. Yeah. So this is, brings up another good thing. Is I also, there's a interesting perspective I'm starting to just key in on and some of this like seeking stuff is that they're really like, there's no hierarchy in any of this, right? So like, um when we always like say god it's always like somebody above wh wh whoever's talking when i say god it's somebody above me and that that can be kind of an all-encompassing like word for so many different things that's why it is like this hot topic word but like essentially if we talk about like what we're doing in this game of life and we're all here like the the reason to me seems to be like just for experience. So you just want to experience different things, the both sides of the coin, the dark and the light of it. And then you start to like expand your views, you kind of level up and that dark and light gets a little more complicated, you know? And then you, so you start to become higher and higher. And essentially 
we call our higher selves, it's really just us in the future. But it's also so like anybody that is higher, there's no hierarchy. So it doesn't mean they're better. It just means they have more experience. So my higher self is like in the future and has more experience than me here in this time marker of experience. So I listen to that and it guides me forward. I could refer to that as God if I didn't understand what was happening. I would be like, God is talking to me. All true. God is talking yeah. to me. No, Harris of true, and it's me. So right. there is no like at every level, you're gonna we're gonna be like learning from something from an energy that is more experienced and just further down the the ladder or higher up the ladder, no better, no worse, just more experienced. So they have more wisdom of it. And it's that's the end of it. So it's essentially like you always have this other energy that you can call upon and it will invoke in you because at the end of the day, you are that thing way, way down the line. So it's always, that's a God. Yes. But it's not, that's why there's many gods in these pantheons. Cause I think they're just pointing to energies and giving you like a, a more advanced map of reality if you tune into it. Right. But the trap is if you take that as the only 12 gods ever, and nothing that's what's how we're rolling you're still in some kind of jail of somebody else is telling me what to do and they're better you know yeah and i always had this like internal dialogue to god which i find very interesting because nobody taught me that so like how did i know as a four-year-old to be like calling out to god when there was violence in my house and i think it was that the 31 year old me is now like in this in this timeline I'm on right now, I'm doing a lot of trying to heal my own trauma. So trying to heal my own trauma and like where it's held in my physical body, what I've been doing is jumping timelines to go talk to my five-year-old self. And I'll do this meditation where I feel like I'm in a trance state and I envision my 31-year-old self walking into my five-year-old self's house. And I bring that five-year-old gifts or piece of pieces of art and I hold them, I talk to them, I listen to them. Listening to my five-year-old self has been fucking wild. And <laughs> by doing that, I'm realizing, holy shit, every time I've caused chaos or gotten fights with people, that was really like that five-year-old self being triggered in trauma and then coming up and like ripping the wheel out of my mm -hmm. hands. Yeah. But I realized by showing up and talking to that five-year-old self, I've like helped her realize that there is a God. She is part of that God. And I'm like giving her messages. And then I think by, I don't believe time is linear. So I believe by like healing, bringing any bits of healing to that five-year-old self, I'm simultaneously bringing healing to the timeline I'm on now. Yeah, 100%. And then I'm like, whoa, does it change my memories? Because now I look back and I'm like, when I was five, I was praying to God. But was I just talking to me now? Yeah. Like, Dude, and the, I, I love that rabbit hole. And I think about this too, is like, if you go back, because I've done some of that regression as well, and like starting to connect how time isn't linear and you can actually affect the past timeline and your current one. If you think about you know, the, and this is why the, the spirit nature of everything that that space in between is so magical because it exists out of time is that it's like an open network of communication. So if I connect to my memory of the past, like for instance, one of mine that was traumatic was a girl that like, uh, I had hurt 
I was popular, she wasn't popular. And like somehow I had heard her unknowingly and she was telling me how she felt, made me feel insane, made me feel bad. And I like reclused from that point in my life. And so it was a pivotal like trauma in my life that when I like approach it and I'm there on the street with her, all my friends are there and uh, she like quiets everybody down and then says what she's gonna say. And the whole thing happens and then I'm immediately, it's my turn to talk and I'm frozen and I'm like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. I fake some answer and that's like exactly when it happened. Now I tune into the memory and I'm there like over my shoulder and just kind of like, hey, it's it's all good. Like you don't need to worry about this. This is not a big deal. And then they like move quickly and it like he bumps me and I kind of try to get move out of the way. And then I tune into when I was there and I don't have a clear memory of it. It's just a trauma. But did I perhaps maybe at that time when it happened, I said what I was going to say, I turned and felt like I hit someone or like I, and a wind blew and there was, it was just, nobody was there, but it felt like I hit somebody that mm. was, I just, did I just interact like that? You know, did like, does time overlap? It's, I think that's what deja vu is in some form that you have a memory of it in the future and right then. And you're just, you're experiencing like yourself in the future, coming back to where you are now to heal something. And you're going to be unaware of it. You're going to be, you're not going to get the message. Like you're going to hear it. And I think maybe we can get to that point. That's what we're doing right now. God, that's a fucking paradox. But <laughs> it's so cool. I, it's that rabbit hole is so fascinating to me to, uh, yeah. to, to go down. Whenever I have deja vu, it feels like a confirmation to me. I don't know if that's just my own thing, but I'm like, okay, this is not that there's a bat right or wrong path, but it feels like, oh, okay, I'm working through something right now. This mm -hmm. is like, this feels good. This feels like, yeah. it feels just like a synchronicity of, okay, I, I'm on the right path. Like, keep exploring this, keep going down this rabbit hole. I um, think that's what, just really quick, if this makes sense, but I just think that is what's the importance to pay attention to synchronicities and get into that and like be open to it is the very fact of like what I was just describing, the ability to go back to your past and communicate. If you're consistently open in your life and you are looking for synchronicities, there's going to be a point where we do fully connect and realize I'm talking to myself. I can feel it. I know they're talking yes. to me right here, you know? Yes. And that's when I do think we get the, the voices then are clear in our head and everything is online because you've realized the connection. Totally. Yep. Whenever people reach out to me and they're like, I don't hear my guides. The first thing I say is just like, look for the synchronicities. Yeah. The guides are in the omens, the signs, the numbers, the songs, the lyrics you're hearing. You spaces open Spaces in between. <laughs> yeah, the spaces in between. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> if there is evil, it is truly like our fear. And it yeah. becomes the loosh that the darkness can feed off of. And uh -huh. The fear is like opposite of creativity to me. Like when I get yeah. into a state of fear, that's when I can't be creative. Oh, totally. Yeah, sense. you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just had to tell, like, I'm just like, what? I love um, comedy, obviously. I just love the, the power of it. And that's combined with, for my life, like when I just stop taking myself so seriously, uh, I become funny and like my reality becomes very funny. And then yeah. knowing how much profound, uh, like, how, how much profound energy is in laughter and in like joy that comes from from laughing at yourself sometimes. 
there's a certain thing that I've noticed where like, you know, to transcend fear, there is a way to just like not take it seriously and you can laugh at it. But the, there's something that like I've noticed in my life that are like, what I would say glitches and that it's reality. It's like the matrix kind of trying to throw me a tempting uh, idea to go worry about or get anxious about that. I know I've done work on and I've like transcended, but it throws it back into my reality as if it's like, I barely notice and then I'm tempted to do it, but it's starting to become the more I like get stronger with that. And I can notice when I'm being like tempted with an old pattern and just stay still in it and move by it the matrix around me is getting like, it's trying more, but it's getting like comically like there it's trying and it's just slightly glitchy where I'm like, wow, that's a funny, like you really thought I was going to fall for that. Like that's wow. Yeah. And you're almost just like in awe of, of like, I can tell like this isn't real, but I like kind of want to sit there and look at it for a minute. Cause I'm like, you're, it's just slightly off. And sometimes the government is like that with what they do when they do these big power moves that a lot of us can now see, like, we know what you're doing, but they, there are a lot of people that still don't know it. So they continue to do it. And it's just so like, I'm just in awe, but it, in, in doing that, you laugh at it. And then you, in a, that very moment, you transcend the fear of it. Your well, attention yeah. goes off of it from fear. You're actually just laughing at it, you know? Totally. Cause what is laughter? Laughter is vibration. Laughter is mm what you do in the space in between what someone said and what's happening. And yeah. it like it laughter is rhythmic, you know, oh, it's you so can, good. You can hear so much through how someone laughs and I fucking love it. And people uh, like the readings I do, sometimes people are, get scared and they're like, how do I spiritually protect myself? Like, how do I ward off evil? Like da da da. And I was like, don't go down the rabbit hole of it. I mean, you can, if you want to like explore, but I love doing it with like a sense of humor. I think yeah. truly if you want spiritual protection, it sounds love and lady, but like laughter is a vibration. I think stagnant energy in the body is disease. Um, and stagnant energy in the spirit, it just creates the energy where you become more of an empty vessel that darkness can come in. But yeah. when you move, when you dance, when you laugh, when you listen to music, that is like vibration and vibration is the opposite of stagnation. So it feels like the vibration is a spiritual protection. And even you can hear it when people talk like higher vibe, you know, like it's yeah. a higher vibration. Totally. I think almost always, too, if you're uh, afraid of something or, or we're in an anxious state, if you do kind of tune into just the idea of like, I think most of the time when I'm fearful or I'm in an ang and I have anxiety, I'm taking something too seriously that doesn't need to be taken serious that seriously. And so when I if I like stop and I'm like fearful, then I just kind of scan my emotions. Where where is it that I'm like bloated in my theory of whatever's going on? And try to go like, hey, don't take this so seriously. Start to approach it more like this is a, uh, this isn't real, or this is a joke, or this is like lighter. You know, it's a game or something. And that that is is really good tool. I I remember like in in um in Foster the People, me and Mark were you know we're very close and like we were just kind of like brothers. But then we had a lot of tension at times too. And sometimes I would get really like, I get really passive aggressive when I don't have enough alone time and I'm like harboring some resentment and we would go back and forth about, you know, bottling resentment towards each other's, towards each other, just like brothers would. 
and I'd be in like a fucking grump on a log, you know, like <laughs> souring up the green room with my energy, just being like so fucking passive and, and passive aggressive. And, and then he would come over and kind of start to roast me or roast what I was even being passive aggressive about and, and poke in a way to kind of like bring, he's bringing full funny laughter, non-serious energy into it. And I would be like, so obstinate and be like, no, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it lightly. Like I'm doubling down on my seriousness until then I get away. And sometimes I'd burn him out and then I'd get away and then be like, I was taking it far too seriously. Like he was right. He was making fun of me in a way that when we roast each other, it is a nice way to kind of, you're like checking somebody else to be like, Hey, stop taking that so seriously. I get it. It's real. Your experience is valid and everything, but like, just, just lighten up on the, on the seriousness. And it's so healing, man. I could then approach it. And I'm like, I, I, I was way off, you know, and yeah. finally to a point where he can roast me and I'll be like, ah, damn it. You're right. Like, sorry. You know? Yeah. Roasting is definitely one of my love languages. It's and so I know, good. I know there's something about me and I think I like sound like a kindergarten teacher. And if you don't know me well, I think I seem just like really insecure or something. So I always have friends though, who like know me who are like roasters. You know, it's like why I love Jessa. We can be, we can be talking about something like super serious or like in our own suffering, and she's like, it can still be funny. You know, we can still tap into the humor of it. And I always have friends like that, or even partners like that, where they just roast me hard. And I, and I know from the outside, people are like, oh, "Poor Lacey," <laughs> you know, she's being roasted. But I think it does pull me out of it. It really is like a love language for me to even like make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think that that's what it is. It's like a, it's a higher level of of playing, I guess. It, it can be like people that take it too seriously, you can hurt them by roasting them. But I always, I reminded by these like stories of uh zen sages and stuff in the eastern philosophies that a lot of the like high ascended masters when they're around each other and their small groups and stuff they are constantly roasting each other like joking like hardcore <laughs> and then it started to realize what it is is that they're just they keep they're throwing little hurdles in front of each other because they know what's going on in reality they know it all and they're just trying to like test where you're at. You know, one of them that was really funny was like one of the Zen masters would pick on the other one and say like, oh, hey, like, how are you doing? You're like your wife is your wife's very ugly or whatever. Like pick like some nasty, petty thing. Yeah. And just to see how he responds, you know, and then he, if he responded more like, hey, like don't, don't talk about then the guy would be like, oh, look, you got a little shadow on your back. Like you, none right. of this matters. You know, you're in love with the soul, yeah. not the aesthetics or whatever the lesson is it's a funny way to like at a higher level, like in one motion, like love someone and give them a little lesson of a trap to kind of just like play with, you know, and yeah. that you bounce it back and forth. It's, it can hurt people that aren't like on that level. So I, just why I'm saying it's, it's comedy. It seems to be at like higher realms and higher dimensions. It's pretty like dark and funny actually. Yeah. And I think so much, of when I watch my, like, my partner, he calls it gassing. Like, he loves gassing on his friends. And when he does it, it's almost like he switches characters because he gets so, like, loud. And I, like, to hear him talking to his guy friends. And he's, like, just roast, you know, like, gassing on them. But it's, like, a channeling, too. It's not like he's, like, Interesting, oh, I'm going yeah. to teach this guy a lesson. You know? No, totally. Channeling something and just, like, getting them. And, and it's, like, bonding. I feel like a lot of masculine energy bond that way but mm -hmm. i've always bonded with the masculine that way 
That's I've been awesome. talking to you for a very long time. I feel like I could just talk to you all day. But before we go, because it is Whorepod, will you, <laughs> will you tell me about um, you masturbating? Because I think you have <laughs> um, the best masturbation story I've ever heard in my life. And we recorded an episode of this that we didn't release, but I'm, I'm bringing that back if you want. Nice. Yeah, I just, I just told the story the other day to some people that I was a little bit uncomfortable telling it, but then realized it was fine. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, because it can creep people out, I guess. But um, I think it's beautiful. So early in my uh, like awakening, uh, this is like three or four years ago, I was traveling on tour on the road a bunch. And so I was in a different hotel almost every night. And I was spending like all my free time just studying and reading books and like learning how to meditate all the trying everything out you know so i was just a bookworm and um i hadn't quite learned how to like start integrating things into the actual reality and like to my actual consciousness but i had definitely i just finished the red book which like caused some mystical uh state that was like undeniable and it was like a immense like download time and then, and so I was like far more open to reality because it was, I was finally being convinced. I was like, I know nothing. This, this world is like, I have no clue what's going on, but it's something real. And I was in Buenos Aires, I think, if I recall. And um, I had been up really late at night and I was like reading a bunch of shit. And then I kind of took a break and turned on some music and whatever I turned on was just like emotionally activating. So it put me into this nostalgic state and I, all these memories from the past came and so I kind of broke down and just like gave into it and uh spent like an hour just kind of like crying and emotionally like going through my past but a lot of joy came from it too it's just like accepting so it wasn't all sorrow it had like this joy kind of divine thing in it you know and um felt great and then I just it was like meditating. I remember late. And then I kind of got up to go take a shower. A lot of my times on the on tour, like I spent a lot of time in the shower, just uh, meditating. It's kind of like my own sa only safe spot that I can for sure get everywhere. And um, so I was going in there to just like shower at the end of the night and this shower in Buenos Aires in this fucking fancy hotel room. And it, it was like covered in mirrors. It's just like a mirror shower. So uh, I was in there sitting on the floor for a while, like, meditating i got up to just wash and get out and then caught myself in the mirror and was like this is like wow this is kind of erotic like you know just then imagining like oh, if i was in here with my girlfriend like this is fun like a unique environment and then um started staring at my face uh in the mirror really close and started to really see like that whole face i don't know if you've heard about mirror work but you can really see your face start to morph and change and like really look into the depths of your eyes, you get into that removed state where you're like, not really, I'm like, I'm watching myself watch myself or something, you know, it's this, so my face started morphing and all this was just connected to my own being in a, in a unique way that I'd never had before. And so then I'm kind of in this like erotic place too, because the mirror had just kind of aroused something. So, I then like uh, realized I'm kind of like turned on by myself in a way because of this mirror and that mirror work I've been doing. And then, yes. yeah, and I, I was like, it was weird because it wasn't like activating. I've always been like, I'm not, I've never been like hard one way or not, whether I'm um, 
gay or my sexuality and bi or whatever it is. I've just always been pretty open and never had um, tendencies towards anything but women. But as I've, you know, spiritually like learned a lot of things, I'm like really open. So it was not at like at that point, I wasn't like, oh, I'm gay or, oh, I'm attracted to a man. This is weird. It was like full clarity of just like, this is so natural and this is right. <laughs> and then I kind of keyed into like, I felt I was actually viewing my body and myself, like the aesthetics of it from a female sensation, from like a female inner viewing. And that's what it was. It was like this feedback that I was like looking at myself from a female figure and being attracted. And it was giving myself energy. I was like, bouncing it back and forth, got more aroused. And then, you know, ended up having a little session with myself and myself from like a combined female and male uh, positioning is what it felt like in my soul or something. So, yes, yeah. And it was, it was a very uh, ecstatic, um, you know, time. It was a very ecstatic sensation, like event that happened. And it, I then keyed into after all of this is when I really started getting into all the other, uh, you know, alchemical wedding and the, the idea of harmonizing your masculine and feminine energies in some way. And so many ways it's like, you can do it physically with, uh, you know, the Kundalini and Tantra stuff, or you can just do it in your head. There's all the kinds of different ways to look at that, that practice. And that's what, I don't know if like at that time, if that's what exactly what happened or if that's the, what I was keying into and sensing for the first time. Um, cause that, I think it is not, it, it's a, it's a battle to really do that, to harmonize these two energies. So whatever it was, I started to learn so much about it afterwards and then have just keyed into that in my life at different times where I can kind of turn on this feminine nature, um, just within myself and like have some interplay with it, you know, and it does produce energy is what, what I was like learning. It's, it's like, it's legitimately like a desire for each other that like generates love. That's so cool. I love that you like brought healing to your own divine feminine by being attracted to your own masculine. That's so fucking cool. And I I feel like that would be so healing for all of us, you know, just like we were talking about with the tree. We see sex and masturbation and even just like attraction. It's just so fucking limiting. Mm-hmm. And like I didn't even, no one ever told me you could be attracted to yourself. And that's not like some weird, bad thing. Yeah. And I remember the first time I wrote a, like a sexual poem, I got like horny and I was like, wait, this is just about me. This poem is literally just about me yeah. and it's, tur- I'm turning myself on. And then I was like, oh shit, this is a cheat code. I can like turn myself on. I yes. can be aroused by myself and take that energy on stage or take that energy and write something or take that energy and like access downloads. It's an endless, yeah. And, it, and it's an endless like relationship is what it feels like to me. Like if I'm feeling sexually deprived or something, there's this weird now confident thing in the back of my head where I'm like, well, I can just turn on my little like sexual desire for my, you can have a sexual relationship with yourself. Like you legitimately can, but you also don't have to like expel that energy in the way that we normally do with sex. So it's like, you can just generate the energy and put it into your art and to passion for anything. But it, it is a weird paradox that like 
we think loving ourselves is so easy. And of course I love myself, but when you genuinely are able to separate your consciousness into that, like ego and the other position of knowing, like you can create energy from that duality within yourself. And I think it's yeah. part of the whole thing to Kundalini awakening. Everything is this finding the secret source of energy that apparently we all have and can endlessly generate. It's just being able to like, you know, deprogram everything to remember it and tune into it. But it, it is profound to like, I feel weird about it sometimes too, that there is like a, wait, is this just me being selfish and like loving in a negative way, loving myself? But it truly does not feel that way when it's happening in the right way, I guess, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's authentic, organic worship of self. And I think when we worship ourselves, we activate our superpowers, we activate our power, we activate our creative power masturbation also is a great way of connecting to the space in between and like playing with it, playing with your own sensations, pausing, stopping, not necessarily like ejaculating or coming and like we're just really getting to know your spaces in between. I think oh, we totally. can be so mechanical with sex and how we create. So I don't know. That was a dope story. The, the other, just real quick, the other thing that it feels like another cosmic joke or giggle is that like so many of these spiritual like teachings and the more we learn, it's like funny how simple some of them are, but how easy it is to kind of get, get wrong. But like, I think that there's in so many ways, just with a lot of the symbolism and metaphors through religion and things that are in our culture today that are ancient symbols that we don't really know the meanings of, we just take it for granted, that a lot of these things, it's like you can, again, think all these things are blueprints. They're just, there's no right or wrong way. You can just kind of figure out your own conglomeration of all of them or follow one rigidly, but then you have to let go of it at some point. But yeah. there's a fucking funny like overlay over every symbol and myth that is sexual. Like, there's so yeah. much of it is just like a cosmic giz giggle of like, little did you know, like the most important things in the world were just drink water, breathe right and have sex or <laughs> understand. Actually, it's more just like understand sexual exchange, sexual energy exchange, because like that yeah. is what's going on in so many other parts of the universe and parts of energy moving around. There's always like some in and out movement and exchange or polarity that has to get together and harmonize in some way. And it's all just kind of like, it's the universe is like, you know, uh, worshiping itself in a way. It's just getting its experience for its own thing. And that is a sexual act. It's a sexual, it's like, and so everything is kind of sex. Thank you, Mark, for being on Whorepod. Thank you for creating the Whorepod theme song. Thank you for helping activate different parts of my brain. I really appreciate your lens and your magic and how you see the world. Thank you for the spaces in between. I'm really excited for what you're doing with music right now. And I know it's going to be like really activating and healing for people. How can they find you? What are you doing with music right now? And how can they find you? Um, well, thank you so much for those kind words, Lacey. I, uh, thanks for having me on. This is activating to be on. So I learned so much, uh, always talking to you. So, um, I'm, I guess I am on Instagram right now. I kind of just redid my social media, kind of starting over on stuff. And so 
most of the stuff that I'm doing is uh, I'm putting on just Instagram right now. And it's Suitnop. It's at Suitnop. But the S is a five. So it's five U-I-T-N-O-P. Cool. Suitnop. Um, it's just my, my last name backwards if you forget that. And the, the S is a five. But I eventually want to just, I'll probably release a lot of the stuff more officially on Spotify or do some project with it. I just don't really know yet and wanted to kind of share it somewhere. So it's kind of only there and along with just visuals that I'm just messing around with. So, uh, and then at Twitter, I'm at Mark Pontius. Um, I'm not really doing music for anybody unless it's really like makes sense and I resonate with everything. So I'm trying to just, I got a lot of my own uh things i'm trying to fulfill so i'm mostly focused on that but if something resonates and it really makes sense uh i I would love to do it but it's i am pretty like pretty closed off to my own thing for the most part currently until i get all this stuff released and everything yeah wow i'm really excited for for what you are creating and going well thank you it's fun to dance your music is very fun to dance to oh well that's good i i actually haven't really I always, I want to make like a lot of dance music, but I feel like some of the stuff I end up making naturally, at least right now, hasn't been super dancey. Every now and then it is, I guess, but uh, it's good. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody's dancing to it. Totally. Totally. People tell me they dance to the Horpot theme song all the time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. Love you. Awesome. Thank you. Love you too, Lacey. See ya. See ya. forget how to sing who cares if church bells forget how to ring who cares if puppies forget how to bark who cares who cares who cares who cares in this long long dark If the trees forget how to grow, who cares? If winter forgets how to snow, who cares? If lovers forget how to park, who cares? Who cares, who cares, who cares? And it's long, long dark. It's been a long time coming. And it'll be a long time here. Gone is the need for living and there's nothing left to fear and the long long dark is here
God never made light, who cares? If Adam never gave his rib, who cares? If Noah never built the ark, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? In the long run. for listening to Horror Pod. If you want to book a reading with me, you can go to my website, laceyfree.com or follow me on Instagram at laceyisfree for more of my poetry and I'll start doing more lives on there about energy and herbs. If you have questions about herbs or about sex or your own superpowers or you want to do a healing session with me, laceyfree.com is a great place for that. If you want to share some of your poetry and talk to like-minded individuals about sex magic, about magical beings, about trauma, or just share your art, poems, we have a Facebook page. Horpod has a Facebook page. Just search Horpod on Facebook and join the group and be friends with people share some of your shit and i'm also on twitter i guess kind of i don't know twitter scares me guys but you can follow horpod at horpod on twitter i love you and i'm sending you all sacred fucking rage and love